0: Are you suffering from poor decision making skills, lack of self confidence, and self esteem? Do you have impeded development of social, emotional, and sexual skills? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Rachel, and you might be suffering from religious trauma. I left evangelicalism and started a podcast. I talk about my experience with purity culture, why I left. And the journey afterwards. I'm happy you're here. Come along for the ride. Cheers to leaving. Hi, I'm Rachel,
1: and I'm Molly. And this, and this is-, is
0: Cheers to, to, leaving. <laughs> to
1: Leaving. That was so bad. <laughs> okay, delete. Well,
0: delete. always... <laughs>
1: I can always I was, piece
0: it together.
1: It's okay. We're recording a new intro in three weeks. So, or two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's rough. It's this is rough. rough. All right. So like, today <laughs> Go ahead. We um first before we get started with our conversation today with our guests, I wanted to let our listeners know that we have a Facebook group running for you. It is called Choose to Leaving Support Group. It is a private group on Facebook. Um, to provide support and resources to our listeners, people who are healing from religious trauma of all kinds. Um, It's a small group so far, only about 16 members, but it is growing. We are working on adding different professionals into the group as well who can be great resources for our listeners. And um, also just, um, it's awesome because we're kind of like building this cooperative community where people can share their skills and make some money and um, help each other out. So it is completely private and confidential. So your information will be kept in the group. Um, No one will be able to see what you post or what you like or what you share or that you're even a part of the group. So please um, go add yourself and answer the couple of questions we ask so that I can let you in. Today we have um, Yaside. She is a pleasure and intimacy doula. Did I get that right, Yaside? Yes. Okay, I did. Um, And we're super excited to have her here. She also has a background in um, lots of indoctrination and religion, and we're really excited to hear about that. And then I am incredibly excited to talk to you about what you do as an intimacy and pleasure doula and how, you know, that work is super powerful for people in our community who really just like got completely brainwashed and indoctrinated out of this very subject. So welcome to our podcast. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Well, my name is Isidae Davis and I am a pleasure intimacy doula and I live in Texas. So I'm down here in the Bible Belt, y'all.
1: Oh no! <laughs> this is the whole
2: thing, right?
1: <laughs> yep. I'm in Kentucky, so I'm right there with you. <laughs> Rachel's in um, Missouri. <laughs> uh,
2: okay. And um, as a pleasure intimacy doula, what I do is I help to guide women um, into a improved sexual spiritual life because sexuality spirituality they are connected. And I my focus is self intimacy and breaking down the indoctrination of religion so that they can move forward in their pleasure.
1: I love that. Um can you tell us about your background in religion? What that was like a little bit?
2: Yeah. Um I grew up Pentecostal. Oof. <laughs> and then like my mom, she grew up that way too, but she didn't take on the beliefs. So by the time she decided that she wanted to be The listeners can't see my air quotes, but she wanted to be saved. Um, (laughs) I was already 14, so she didn't make me and my siblings like just wear the dresses all the time and stuff because we were already much older. Um, But I knew the teachings. And then when I decided that I wanted to avoid hell as well, then I took on that way of living. um, All the way up until about 32. Wow. And, uh, I am an ordained minister
0: as well. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Do you do yeah. people's weddings at all ever? Just curious. Um,
2: I have not done any weddings, but I can, but I've definitely, um, been preaching. I don't anymore because I'm considered a backslider. And a heathen and
1: all yeah. those things. I love it. You're, you're a, heathen. <laughs> I'm We're a heathen. heathen.
2: We're heathens too. We're leading yeah. people astray. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so my motto is, I'm a heathen and I love it.
1: Yes. Heathen am and am. proud.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so <laughs> proud. But I was, um, I was preaching before I was ordained. You know, I grew up in the church and uh, my dad was a pastor, so it was just in me. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you put me in the pulpit now, I can do it because
1: it's just
2: (laughs) like muscle memory. Mm -hmm.
1: I feel like uh, pastor's children have like this very special skill for teaching spirituality in the Bible. And like, I feel the same way because my dad was ordained minister and was like our spiritual leader and i have i have like taught in youth groups and things like that you could put me in front of a group of people and say uh teach on this passage of the bible even if i don't believe in it anymore i got you i, I, I can teach you. something theolo- theologically sound yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. in us so uh, most of our listeners come from an evangelical Christian background and yours is in the Pentecostal church. Can you tell us a little bit about the beliefs in the Pentecostal church and what that's like, just so that people can kind of get a better understanding? Because like when you grow up evangelical, you're taught that that is the only way and everyone else is lost and, and going, to hell. Yeah. And going <laughs> to hell. Yeah, even Catholics and like, I'm sorry, but evangelicalism stemmed from Catholicism, so it's so silly, but um, if you could tell our listeners a little bit about the Pentecostal theology, just so that they can see, um, like, what the similarities and differences are.
2: Yeah, sure, so um, you can just chime in on similarities. I think I know a few, Mm -hmm. but Pentecostal, the old school way, like, for example, women, we couldn't wear earrings, Mm -hmm. makeup, my nails that's a scene <laughs> everything no, you're doing <laughs> everything I'm doing uh, no pants wow. no shorts um, it was a lot of outward things we could not braid our hair because that's a scene
1: and as a black woman that is that, that like that is taking away a huge part of your culture your face <laughs> Not even your culture, but like that's, that's a protective hairstyle that's yeah, necessary yeah. for your hair health. <laughs> yeah.
2: So it it was so much. Um I grew up going to a Pentecostal church that went to church on Sunday and all that kind of stuff. But um later on in college, I started going to a church and this is my dad's church. When I say my dad, he still is my spiritual father. Like it's like he birthed, you know, helped make me, you know, so my dad's church um, I always say it was Pentecostal with a twist because the twist was they went to church on Saturday. So they're automatically like everybody that I'd ever known was going to hell because I grew up going to church on <laughs> Sunday. Oh,
0: wow. So, Were they Seventh
2: day Adventists? No, no, not, they just... Not just went to, they observed the fourth commandment. My dad always yeah. said the fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy. So that was the twist. They like the basic stuff, the no, the plain Jane look. That all was the same, but the twist was going to church on Saturday, and um, they did not celebrate Christmas or Easter. Okay. So that that was hellbound living wow. if you did that. But not uh, celebrating what Jesus' was...
0: birthday
2: or well, his I mean, or his like God, resurrection. We the, we his we the Bible with scripture and all the things. Cause me growing up for the first. You know, 19 years of my life doing those things, I'm like, look, and I'm a learner. Show me what you're talking about.
1: Right, like, right. Show
2: me the scriptures that you're using to do this. And that's the thing about scripture you can finagle.
1: Right, you, you can, can, kind of, it, you can right? cherry pick what you <laughs> like. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you can to, to, to fit whatever you're doing. But um, what we did observe were the feast, the feast days in Leviticus 23. Mm-hmm, okay. So when I came there at 19, I was like, y'all celebrate now what now? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Peace And so had I died before knowing this, I would have just been gone to hell. Like mm. I don't understand, you know. But it was now that was very, very strict. It was even more strict than how I grew up. Right. But it was still pentecostals with a twist.
1: Right. So, you mentioned in the Facebook group on uh, one of my comments, um, one of my posts about not um like people catching you outside of church wearing earrings and and having makeup on and wearing colorful clothing or or whatever it was that you were doing can you tell us a little bit about that like do you like did people in the church stalk each other to like tell on each other
2: for those of you who ever watched scandal it doesn't come on anymore but when it first came on scandal what was it B 360 316 or whatever it was the secret organization yeah, we had be
0: wow. 16
2: Christians. Like, oh, yeah. I'm just out here trying to mind my business. And it was always somebody looking, you know.
1: Mm.
2: Um, but what happened was, was in about 2012, you know, I was just like, I'm tapped out. There has got to be more for me than this. there was. <laughs> and, and there was. I, and so I just started making some decisions for myself and I knew that it was not going to be easy so I had I wish I would have brought a photo to show you guys but I my first pair of earrings that I wore after all those years because I came to that particular church at 19 so I still had like small earrings and stuff but when I got there it was just like nothing I had some earrings y'all like this big they were so tiny Butterfly <laughs> earrings, and so I was working at a school, and so people from my church worked there. At least somebody who knows where I went to church, because <sighs> we stood yeah. out like a fourth like a sore thumb. And um, I was just doing me, making decisions. I had on the the earrings and a matching necklace, and I was late to Bible study one day. Um, oh no! Um, <laughs> and my dad came to the back. You know, somebody else was like running the Bible study. I thought he was coming to ask me why I was late because I'm never late to anything. I'm very punctual. But he he looked at me and said, It's true. I was like, Yes, it's true. I'm late. I know I'm never late. He was like, No, you you got on earrings. Cause I wore I just walked into church with him. I didn't even think about it. Oh no. And I say, Yeah. He said, I've been hearing that that's what you've been doing. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. That's how it's that started. I was a it's
1: crazy how that small, just wearing earrings was such a big deal that a church leader felt the need to pull you aside and come up yeah. to you and approach you on that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I have oh, so many I have so many piercings like stopped. in my face and ears like I don't even think about my piercings so it's not something that like I'd never change my earrings out like rarely in the top in the top piercings so yeah. like oh I would I'm going to hell I'm going to hell for sure Oh
2: yeah <laughs> I don't live in that town anymore and I left that that church and denomination in 2013 and then I moved away in 20, 15, 2016 but last year I went back to that, that town where my dad's church is um, for a funeral of, of, of a church member. You know, I still had some personal connections, even though I left the church. Sure. So I went to this, to this funeral and one of the church members who knew me from back then, she's like, You still haven't come back to the Lord. <laughs>
1: nope and not
2: planning it on it a shirt, but i had on and everything else you know was
0: you like, looked fabulous
2: I, listen i know the funeral honey but i was looking
0: good. like i'm not dead i'm very much alive
2: bad <laughs> part.
1: you also never know who you're gonna run into at a funeral <laughs> you, never know, right? you gotta look
0: good you have to look good
2: and um she was she was trying to save my soul at the mm. funeral uh, because I looked the way that I looked when I left, wearing what I want to wear. Right. And she even, she was like, I just, it just broke my heart when you left God. I was like,
1: I never left God. Mm-hmm. I just left this church. What i was
2: into now, you might just like douse yeah.
1: me with oil. <laughs> well, <laughs> Holy <I think> water. <laughs> it is crazy how uh, Christians and believers and, and people are very, like, mm, they're big on their religion. They feel like when you leave the religion part of it, you leave the church part of it, the indoctrination part of it, that you've left God. But Mm -hmm. I find that a lot of times it's the opposite, that when you leave those places, those spaces that are so suffocating and and all-consuming of of your whole mind's body and spirit, when you leave those places, you're able to get closer to God. At least that's been my experience. Like My spiritual life has completely just opened and expanded since leaving the, um, the stuffy indoctrination that I was raised in.
2: Yeah, that was, that was my experience as well. Cause you know, I, part of me had kind of settled in like, okay, if I don't want to go to hell, I guess I got to do this, mm-hmm. but I also don't do well in boxes and yeah. it, nobody had offended me or anything. It's just, you know, I had a dream one night and, um, when I woke up from that dream, I knew that I was going to be leaving. I didn't know the exact time. I knew that I wouldn't know when it was going to be time, but I knew I was going to be leaving. Wow. And about two months after that dream, I woke up one Saturday and I was like, I just knew this is going to be my last Saturday. And then I was, you know, when you leave, it's um, it can be scary because, you know, you're like, you're out here. Nope. No spiritual covering, you just out here by yourself, right? Yeah. Um, out in the wild. Out in the wild, like the <laughs> like the jungle, you know. And um I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I used to like think for myself before this. I can think for myself again. And um I visited a um Press Assembly of God Church, which was just up the street from my church that I'd been going to for 10 plus years. And so I went there for a few months just visiting um, and just working on breaking down those, those barriers that I had. Because I was like, whew, I woke up again. I didn't die and go to hell. I'm out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was very scary at first. But now I'm just like, okay, if you think you're going to die and go to hell, that's you. I don't think I'm going to hell. So we're going to do what we're going to do. Hmm. I don't have those fears
0: anymore. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: I think that the unpacking of hell is is where a lot of evangelicals and people who've left religion really struggle because it's like, okay, now what? <laughs> yeah. You have to get over that anxiety and that fear, and then you know, and then and then kind of figure out, okay, I've gotten over the anxiety and the fear. Now, do I believe in hell still? And then if you let go of that belief, it's like, okay, then what do I, where, where do I go when I die? Yeah. (laughs) There's no heaven and hell. Like what, what, you know, what, what, what truly is going on, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. Yes. Yes. I'm curious about what an intimacy and pleasure doula is.
1: Yeah. Tell us about that.
0: That's my jam. That's what it
2: is.
1: <laughs> and how, how did you get started doing this, given yes. your background? Yes. Like, I want to know how you started this and then all that all the other stuff too. <laughs> my
2: answer is always the same with this questions. Y'all, I've been doing this all my life, as far back as I can remember, before I had a name for it. So before I ever even kissed a boy, my friends were coming to me. For the relationship stuff, Before you were a sex therapist. <laughs> yeah. but friends were doing those things, and they were coming to me, and it's just
1: like I just
2: used stuff, you know.
1: Have you and seen Tresha the shows?
2: interesting, they would have said it was the Holy Spirit speaking through me.
1: Oh, yeah. Have you seen the show <laughs> Sex Education on Netflix?
2: Yes, I did. Start you're that too. you're
1: that little boy, never, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> giving people sex advice in the bathroom, never even yeah, had
2: sex man. himself. <laughs> It was just, it would stuff would just, and I mean, good advice, the right thing that's, it would just pour out of me. And I'm like, they got a boyfriend. I don't even have a boyfriend. Never had a boyfriend, but
1: I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you knew things. You knew things. things, Right.
2: (laughs) So, um, but officially focusing in on this uh, work, I've been doing a, a a few years now officially, but really, I've been, doing this all my life um breaking down walls i've always been a trailblazer if it doesn't make sense then why am i doing it if it doesn't make me better then why am i doing it and my belief is that no one should know you better than you know yourself and then that goes so against what we're taught in church
1: oh my god
2: right no one is supposed to know you better than god god knows you better than you know yourself and i'm just like the bible says are you not gods right (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm a god so i need to know myself right Mm -hmm. so that's why i focus so heavily on the self intimacy because when you know yourself then you're able to voice what you need and desire in your relationships, romantic or otherwise, but if you don't know yourself, how can you tell someone how to love you and appreciate you and how to honor you or worship you if you believe you're a god or goddess,
1: right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, that is, yeah, that goes against everything we were taught because, I mean, gosh, growing up in a really Christian household, it's, you know, masturbation is yucky. It's bad. Mm Don't do it. God is watching. Self pleasure is bad. Pleasure is bad. You know, don't do that. Uh, stay away from that. that. Is just for you and your husband. Your body is God's, and then it's your husband's. You're never taught bodily autonomy. You're never you're never taught to to love yourself, and and you shouldn't because that's arrogant and that's ego. And we we yeah. need to die to ourselves. That so was there's a line in. I forget if I think it's in the book of Rome where Paul is like, you need to die to yourself every day. And I just remember having that just like drilled uh-huh. into my head of, you need to die to yourself, get rid of all of your own desires and needs yeah. and throw and them it's in the selfish. trash. Yeah. It's selfish. And I'm like a young teenager learning these things and I'm putting my my desires aside and my pleasure aside and everything i do has to has to honor god and follow god's calling on my mm. life i had no inner compass because we weren't like you're taught not to trust your own intuition like there's no self-exploration <laughs> <laughs> she's ready <laughs> it's like a po- <laughs> we're over here like i was trying not to snap when you were talking earlier <laughs> it's a poetry slam <laughs>
2: Yeah. yeah, everything you just said, we are taught not to trust ourselves. So it may your experience may have been similar to mine. So when we, you leave that, it's like, what do I do? What do I do? Right. What voice do I listen to?
0: Right. Because
2: you've always been over years saying, only listen to God, only listen to God. And then you always have the question, but is it God? Is it the devil? Or is it me? Mm-hmm. That I hear there's always this inner turmoil, right, and we are taught to put ourselves at the bottom right. of the long list of hats that we wear, right we are last, so we're we're especially uh, as to women. Be a martyr i don't
1: I don't really be a martyr for anybody thank you, I don't either <laughs> Why do I have to be a martyr? like what is this? I'm not a sacrificial lamb, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh -uh, Yeah, Yeah. that was Jesus's job,
2: and and, and he handled that. So um, I'm out (laughs) here. (laughs) We're done (laughs) with that. Trusting our intuition is big, and I I work with women on trusting themselves because that's part of being intimate with yourself. Trust, trust yourself. Trust that you're good. You know. It's the same thing, just different terminology. In church they say Holy Spirit. I just tell you that is you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is yes. Your You're built with you. You're built with that guide in you.
1: Yes. It's not,
2: you don't have to go and seek for some external otherworldly in- entity to enter you to guide you. We were created with a moral compass. We were created to guide ourselves. I, I love that. I preaching voice, y'all.
0: Please I know. Do. I was going to say, I was like, I feel like we're, she's
1: like telling
2: the us. The church right now. We're in the back, like, yes, you know we're you know, in church they, right? they they My family started calling me. I have a pretend church, y'all. It was called Pentecostal Girls Gone Wild.
1: Oh, I love it.
2: Because <laughs> when I left, some of my family was like, you just out here gone wild. You just need to just start your church. Pentecostal girl's gone wild. I said, okay, yeah, I'm coming past and I need an appreciation. Sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need a host. Yeah, um, I will I will attend your church. Now.
1: I will attend your church. I I kind of <laughs> do. I'm in your Facebook group. That feels like church for me.
2: <laughs> I hope you
1: enjoy the group. I love your Facebook group. <laughs> okay, so could you tell us a little bit more about um just what an intimacy and pleasure doula does. So just kind of like a typical, you know, if someone was kind of inquiring and wanted to possibly work with you, what would, how would you approach that?
2: Uh, Okay. So again, focus on self intimacy, because a lot of times I get people that say they they wanted to get to know themselves in a physical way and, you know, non-physical ways, but they have this Religion in the back of their head, like you were saying, masturbation. They, they don't, their sex lives are not what it could be because they don't know themselves. So I work with women, uh, uh, for self with self pleasure. That's the first thing to improving your sex life with your partner. Cause we want men to just know or our partner to just know, like, and they don't.
1: They don't have our bodies. We don't
2: have our bodies. We have our bodies. I first start with the self intimacy and. uh, Assuring them in whatever way that they need that their body belongs to them. It doesn't belong to God first, even if they still believe in God. I show them a different way to view the God that they love, because that's an issue. They want to love God and they want to self please. They want to love God and they want to love love another woman or multiple women or whatever, Mm because they're not taught that it's okay that you can do both. You have it all. So people who want to break down that religious stuff. To get to a pleasurable life, to get to a healthy, intimate life, that is what I do, because we are so disconnected and we're disconnected from our sexuality in church. You know, um, because it's only for married people. Only for hetero married people.
1: Thank that part. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so
2: it's like, but first of all, everybody's not hetero, which I know is a whole nother thing at church. Second of all, some people, they cool without the marriage part. Doesn't mean they don't desire love or sex or all the things without the marriage part, right? So that is what I think. I walk, I I walk heavy. That's what we say in black church. When somebody's saying something really good, walk heavy. I walk heavy with the intimacy um, and self-pleasure and breaking down the relationship because anybody got time for that. Right. I was, I was almost 33. I don't want other people to have to wait that long if I can help it, but it doesn't matter what age. I have worked with women who are in their fifties heading to 60. Yeah they never had an orgasm. That is a problem for me. That is a big problem. You know, they've never experienced the pleasure of oral sex because it was a singing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even in in church, you're married. After you're married, heterosexually married, there's still where where I come from. There were still restrictions on what you could do. You still couldn't. You still couldn't have... um, Oral sex, as that was a scene. Oh, really? Um, are that wasn't all. That was my because I before I, was I don't remember hearing there, that specifically. I, I would be hey, sitting in church listening to that like, mm-hmm. I, ain't, well, I am. I am so I'm going to hell. They, but,
1: they didn't give I'm us any. Mad. I'm
2: really going to hell
1: still because I like it. Right. You know, <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? I I think so. My my teaching around oral sex was because I was curious and I wanted to know and I was like well what is this and I was never told you can't do it it's wrong it's like well that you know you just if that's the way you and your partner want to explore you know once you're married you you can do that but um you know it wasn't something that was celebrated or talked about it was dirty it was it was it was dirtier to talk about oral sex than it was to talk about intercourse you know penetrative intercourse and in, um You know, it's just, it's funny how certain denominations and and certain, you know, forms of Christianity have very specific guidelines about how you can have sex. And then there's other ones like evangelicalism, where you don't even, the only time you ever talk about sex is don't do it.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was definitely how I was taught. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. And me being an inquisitive person that I've always, why not? Why? (laughs) why it's <laughs> not, not gonna work for me
0: <laughs> right
2: why and as I got older just telling me I was going to hell that didn't work either apparently because I mean I was still doing it right <laughs> what else because <you> <laughs> trying to live without sex is hell so give me something else <laughs> right right
1: oh my goodness
2: yeah, even in marriage um there was a lot of boundaries Within marriage it was it was just mm-hmm. too strict for me I couldn't live that way and I, I work with married women who they want to do all of these things and explore all of this stuff sexually, but their minds are like but i don't want to go to hell right even if they moved away from those denominations the residue's still there mm-hmm. it's in the back of their heads i don't want to go to hell, but I want to feel pleasure and I want to give it to my partner you know right so I, I I work with them very very closely a step at a time to break down those walls because a lot of them really are just living miserable lives or mediocre and they want to be out here living their best life right right <laughs> that's what I help Don't them we to um... do reconnect with their body
1: I have a very specific scenario question. So I know you work, so are mainly your clientele um, from religious backgrounds, you see there?
2: Most of them are. Most of them? They are drawn to (laughs) you.
1: So uh, I I, I was drawn to you, so I understand why. (laughs) Um, I find, so I found in, because I I got certified um, in pelvic floor therapy in 2020, Uh, for massage therapy. Yeah. So I do a little coaching with pelvic floor healing and stuff. And it kind of opened up the conversation with people that I know, people who didn't even necessarily grow up in the church or in religion. But it is interesting that there is here in the United States and maybe everywhere, there is a stigma against self-pleasure and self-intimacy, whether you were raised religious or not. And I've, I guess like, Do you find that there are women who want more intimacy in their sex lives with their partners, but they cannot bring themselves to self-pleasure or become intimate with themselves because they feel shame and they feel like it's gross and nasty to touch themselves or to, you know, be intimate with themselves. I, I find that it is, it's just bizarre to me. I'm like, you weren't even raised with half of the bullshit I was taught around this. And yet you're still feeling shame and guilt and disgust over the act of self-pleasuring. So do you find yourself in, in spaces where women are like, yes, I want to work with you and do this, but huh, I'm not doing that. I am not going to touch myself. That's, it's not for me. What do you say to people like that?
2: Um, first, yes, you are correct. We we have um cultural things working against us. We have, you know, societal things working against us and all the things um that are not related to religion, but it's just in the fabric of of the society we live in. And exactly. I do help people break break through all of that. And what I tell women who are like, Ew, I'm like, we're not gonna just jump in just, you know, rubbing the clit today. You okay. know. I tell, I start them with, you know, just gentle touches just on their body because they probably don't know what lights their body up anyway. Right. Because they never touch themselves in any kind of way. They probably, you know, get in the shower and they're just moving on fast and, you know, they don't really take the time to touch and slow down and be like, oh, wait a minute. I think I discovered a little something, something right here.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know,
2: and so I start slow like that with, you know, I'll tell them when you get out the shower and you moisturize your face, you know, don't just rub and just, you know, you know be slow with it, put you on music, music. you know, do stuff like that. So I just start them slow and then build on top of that because I love their that. body isn't nasty. They don't view just, they're touching themselves um, on their vulva is nasty. They, a lot of times have body image issues. So their entire body is just to them.
1: Wow. That's profound that, you know, you back it way up and it's, it's not even, we're not going to even involve the genitals. We're going to learn to touch ourselves and get to know our body in a way that feels um, non-threatening. And I'm
2: enjoying this right here.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. I took a, um, a massage, uh, technique class over the weekend and my instructors, uh, they're wonderful, just wonderful women and they're so embodied and, they, uh, it's great. But my instructor was, she said something that really struck me. Um, we were talking about breast massage and how it's so unfortunate that it is not legal in the state of Kentucky to practice breast massage, and that only in the state of Ohio can a licensed massage therapist do breast massage and be trained in it and It takes special training and all of that. And we were talking about how frustrating that is because we carry so much trauma and emotion in our in our chest and in our breast tissue and um, you know there's a lot of health benefits to to Rest massage, whether it's, you know, yourself or a practitioner doing it for you. Um, and my instructor said something. She said, you know, even when I just like put lotion on my body, I've started trying to be more mindful about touching myself in a loving and caring way Mm -hmm. and holding space for myself the way I hold space for my clients in session. So when I touch their bodies, the energy that I'm putting into that, I am now doing that for myself when I'm showering or when I'm applying lotion. she goes and spending time in those areas that don't get that kind of touch, like our breast tissue and our butt and our inner thighs and our
0: feet. Oh my God. I love a good butt massage.
1: Tell me. yes, It's amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I, I just love it. I, I loved how she worked that in and was like, we need to love ourselves more. And here is a really practical way to do it.
2: Yeah, and I, yeah. I spoke with practicality. Yeah. Wow. Um, I feel like in church, we got a lot of a list of do's and don'ts in all the scriptures. But it's like, how do I apply this to my life? Like, right. realistically, right? So I'm big on giving people things that they can apply right away and build upon you know and sensual touch is one of those things you know i focus a lot on my fupa because Mm -hmm. there's always been a part of part of me that i'm just like look why are you
1: even here right
2: you know (laughs) you're messing up my silhouette
1: you You gotta show it more love (laughs) so i show it more love like
2: you know okay fupa you've been hanging with me for a minute i have four children Mm. you know so I tell my body you've been you've been hanging with me through four children Mm. uh four living children and two pregnancy losses but you're still here
1: yeah
2: you know and I'm 40 years old now so and I've had the children so I don't have 20 year old breasts anymore y'all but I talk to them and I'm like look girls (laughs) y'all been holding it down 40 years and y'all have fed children y'all have nursed life you know and as I'm touching myself I also talk lovingly and affirmatively to myself and then that leads into me just bragging to myself about myself because what we learn in church don't be boastful
1: yeah don't brag
2: but I'll brag to myself about myself because my ears need to hear all the wonderful things about me. Yes. And my body needs to feel me touch it in a loving way. So it mm. all connects. And I need to know that my body is mine. My yeah. body needs to know that I'm going to protect it. You know, I'm not going to, I, I always say that I don't, one thing about religion is that I, a lot of things I don't like, but one of the things I didn't like is, I didn't like how they were all, religion was always in my bedroom and in my uterus. Get out. Don't tell me how many kids to have, when to have them, if I should or should not have them, all the things. And get out of my bedroom trying to tell me what I can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. In my bedroom and in my uterus. So I have to work with women to reassure, teach them how to reassure themselves that, hey, autonomy is a real thing. You can have it. We just go from
1: girl you're making me cry <laughs> thank you <for laughs> you're making me cry a lot because like this is embodiment and learning to love yourself like talking affirmative words to yourself as as you're showing yourself love is so important because in my experience in my upbringing I, I had a very um you know o- almost abusive upbringing in some ways where um, the only time I got any kind of emotional attention from my parents because they had so many children. They had a quiverful of children. Uh, um, yeah, quiverful. Um, they had a lot of kids, and so the only the only times, sometimes that we would get attention, it was disciplinary. So, for me. I was never told that I was good enough or that I was doing enough or that I was doing a good job or that they were proud of me or that I was beautiful. It was always, you're not doing this right. You're not doing that right. You're getting disciplined for this. You need to check your attitude. You need to die to yourself. You need to repent. Um, You know, all of these, you're a sinner. You're inherently bad. All of these things. And so- um, I'm currently unpacking a lot of this stuff, which is why I'm so emotional right now. Um because I'm learning to give myself the love I did not get as a kid mm-hmm. and giving myself the affirmation I did not get in the positive touch. I did not I got beat to a pulp, but I did not get long hugs, you know, from from my dad, right? But I got mm-hmm. long spankings. I didn't yeah. get long hugs, you know. I didn't get that the that affirmative, you know, like I don't know, like they were so busy with kids and leading the church and and we were homeschooled, so they were in our education too. So it was it was yeah. like we didn't we didn't get the nurturing, you know, almost like um it just it there was no time for it, you know. There was only yeah. time for discipline and for teaching. And and so really that inner child healing work comes down to this of like oh you can't expect your your partner to to fill this void in your life and to do this healing work for you i don't have a partner to do this for me anyway so i have to do this for me you know i can't expect anyone in my life to give me all the affirmation that i need to feel whole and secure and loved that comes from me it does Right, and
2: that goes so against what we were taught because we we're mm-hmm. always taught that, you know, you are born with this void that only Jesus can fill. So today, we are conditioned to believe that certain voids, some some outsider has to fill them. If it's not right. Jesus, it, it it better be. But if it's not right, so we're not taught that we complete ourselves. There's so many things that are dormant. My belief is everything that we need is already within us. Mm-hmm. Can it be dormant? Yeah. Like squash mm-hmm. down? Hell yes. So my job is to guide the the woman that I'm working with to awaken those dormant parts. And then she's like, I never knew I had this. And I'd be like, I know. Yeah. But I knew. so we're gonna work this out. It's all there in you, each and every one of us. We just have to awaken it, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's where I start. And, and I understand what you're saying. You know, it, it had got to the point for me where I would wake up and be like, okay, let me go to church and yeah. listen to how many ways I'm going to go to hell today. Mm-hmm. Because with Pentecostal denomination, it is a of hellfire fire and brimstone. Mm. If someone, if someone's preaching about the the love of God, it's like what love of God? Yeah, he will send you to hell. Like bring on the hellfires? Like you ain't had church <laughs> <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless you have, you know, talked about hell. You know, mm, you know yeah. if, if you talk about love and the, that kind of thing, it's like those are soft messages. The, that's like milk. You need that's like. You need the, to give them the meat. Which
1: the New Age Protestant evangelical movement was all like, we're the bride of Christ. I love Jesus. Jesus loves me. Like it was very, like, that soft message. That softness. That
2: softness. It's a lot to unpack, girl. And mm-hmm. I did it solo. So that's another reason I, I got into this as well. I,
1: it's hard to do it alone.
2: It's so hard to. Do I've been it alone. doing it,
1: I've been doing it alone for a while, and it's I'm getting to the point where I cannot carry it anymore. And yeah. you need um, a guide. I you know, know I'm but... a book with you. I already. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> it's been on my list, but I also like I'm looking into exploring hypnotherapy um yeah. to work with my inner child stuff and to work on some like regressive behaviors and 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 behavior patterning that I have um due to the religious trauma and also trauma from being a missionary kid and moving around a lot and, and never mm-hmm. having like a home and uh
2: feeling very unsettled
1: very unsettled so i'm i'm realizing that Oh, like talk therapy was helpful. I did talk therapy for years. It was helpful to bring this stuff out to the surface, but then it was out on the surface. And then it was like, okay, now what?
2: (laughs) Yeah. And my therapist
1: was like, I'm so sorry this happened. This was so hard for you. Like validating, which was nice, but I never like made the shift, like the mindset shift around things. So my behavior could change. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so it's like. Um'm I'm, I'm now at this precipice about about certain things in in my sexuality and in um in my inner life and from my past where I'm like, I need to work through this, and I can't do this by myself anymore. This is so hard and so heavy. And so seeking out people who can guide you and and they've already been down that road before and they can affirm you in that process is so powerful, mm-hmm. which is why I'm so happy that you've joined our Facebook group and you are mm-hmm. like. One of our resident healers in that group, we have a few resident healers. So people can find you and, and work with you. And I hope they do because I'm going to work with you because I know I need it. And I'm not even in a relationship, but I know I need yeah, it. You don't have a
2: relationship <laughs> with yourself. because That's important. You,
1: that's the most important
2: relationship. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to sit when you're in a relationship with yourself and you know yourself and you know how to navigate those moments that definitely will arise, you set the tone for your next partner or yes. partners, because you know, poly. Yes, girl. <laughs> <laughs> like you are, know, you when you know yourself, you just you, just, you have a radar that comes right. real sharp. Like, uh uh-uh.
1: I need to stop attracting monogamous people. It's so bad. It's not working for me. <laughs>
2: It didn't work for me either. I tried it. I, mean, I, I did. I tried, tried so, so much. <laughs> I got married and I always wanted to, you know, I tried, it. Ooh, struggle but
0: time. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I already know. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, uh, my next question for you, which sort of led into our last segment, which um is just sort of like, how do you like for someone listening, how do they know that they need this? You know, I mean, I'm sure that there's certain things that they can relate to, but but even like for me, like I, I feel like I have a lot of this stuff kind of figured out. But I mean, the way you guys were explaining it sounded wonderful. Um <laughs> it's like a day at the spa the way you're describing it. Um Yeah, maybe you need to do that. <laughs> I know. But like for people listening, how do they how do how do they come to the conclusion, like, yes, I need to do this. I've got a lot to unpack or You know, are are there any like sort of definite signs that someone can be, you know, look for? I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, if they are struggling with finding pleasure and intimacy just within themselves, that is a sign. Mm -hmm. You know, they have trouble um, being intimate with others. That's a sign, and definitely someone who. Is coming out of or designed to be out of religion. They got all kinds of signs going on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all they the know. signs.
2: They have, they have a uh, what's called um, cognitive dissonance. It's yeah. like two opposing things. You know, you don't. It's just it, it. The way to describe it, like if it was a visual, what cognitive dissonance looks like, is like like this. Yeah, that's what it feels like is going on in your head. Like, like I feel a pull to do this. Thing, but the religion and doctrine says something else, right. you know. So, what do I do? do and I they do may what not even be me,
1: or do right.
2: Fall in line with, with I'm taught.
1: They also may not even realize they have cognitive dissonance because I I did not have that awareness. I was not aware that my patterned thinking had anything to do with my religious upbringing. I thought that that was the only way be and that everybody thought that way. And so well,
2: when I say aware, like there are those moments that you may have had when you really felt a pull for something. Um right. and where I come from, it was called you were being in your flesh.
1: Yeah. Well I remember I was in a monogamous relationship. This was back in like twenty sixteen. And I started realizing and awakening to the fact that I was and I kind of knew earlier, like I kind of knew around like twenty 2012 that I was not straight um, and I was queer. I I knew, but like I wasn't out. I wasn't comfortable with the idea yet that I wasn't straight. I thought that this was just a normal thing for everybody. For women, (laughs) all all straight women are apparently attracted to their female friends, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Like that's normal for everyone, right? 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 Everyone wants to kiss their best friend, right? (laughs) (laughs) I remember in 2016, having this moment where I was like, I need to explore this side of myself. And I also, I want to stay within my relationship. And I feel like I could be capable of doing both and having both. And I remember bringing it to my partner and saying, "Like, well, I think I want to try this. And I think I would like you to participate in this because I'm scared. I don't want to do this by myself. And I trust you. And we, and you know, we're in this together. And he was like, yo, I'm not cool with that. That's like, that's weird. Like that's kind of going like, wait I was cool with you being bi but like now you're saying you want to explore that within our relationship he was like no if you want to do that you have to do it outside of the relationship like we cannot be together if that's happening and I was like wait that's not okay like not everyone's okay with that and I'm like it's like this awakening of not only was I queer but oh I'm poly like I have a an ability to be with multiple people and not have it affect you know Mm -hmm. like rock like to me it's like this wouldn't rock the boat if everyone knows and everyone's cool with it it should be totally fine right yeah yeah yeah. and then he had such a strong aversion to it and I was like people have a strong aversion to this okay and then I realized like okay um well it it makes sense because of the way we were both raised you know yeah yeah
2: yeah when you have those feelings that go so against how you were raised mm-hmm. whether it was through religion culture, familiar, whatever mm-hmm. it's a sign that you need a little guidance to step into exploring who right. you are you know, because it's just going to keep nagging at you. And it did and, <laughs> um, and being poly- and I, y'all it seems that I'm also turning into the poly
1: guru. You are the be- poly guru you
2: <laughs> <People laughs> coming out of nowhere y'all <laughs> like <laughs> I want to explore this. Can you help me? No. Sure. So um, <laughs> I got you. It's so, being poly is, is still not the norm. Monogamous is, it is the not. norm. Yeah. And only is, one person at a time, that's the norm.
0: Yeah. Right. We have
2: multiple children, multiple parents. We can live all of them. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, romantically, you cannot. Mm-hmm.
0: Which is interesting because, like, I've heard, like, from the very beginning that like we biologically weren't necessarily made for it like like this is something we were kind of forced into through society because it like made sense I guess in a way but like originally and I I have not done my own research on this to the full extent but um it's it was an interesting thought to me because it actually made a lot more sense especially from like the beginning times as human beings that Like we were just capable and that's just sort of like what we did. And then we were sort of forced to fit into this box through society. So thanks society for, (laughs) for that. Thanks for that. But I I just think it's.
1: (laughs) Well, men have never been monogamous from the beginning of times. Women were forced into monogamy because, because to be participants in society. So it had everything to do with health. And then, you know, STDs and things like that, you know, back then they didn't have testing or condoms and stuff like that, that just sexual health was not there. Um, But also like women couldn't do anything in society without a husband in a lot of cultures. So there, it kind of tied you to one man, but it was very common in most ancient cultures for the men to have access to other women
2: and other men. Mm-hmm. In the Bible,
1: yeah. Well, Solomon, yeah. Solomon a had a har- a harem of women. David had multiple wives and multiple mistresses, and you know it. it that they're celebrated people. You know, we love King David and King Solomon. We'll talk about them all day long. But goodness really? gracious, they had they had multiple multiple women. You know, but but heaven forbid, a woman desires that as well. You know, I've been I've there's a double standard in society now. Um in in the poly, and this isn't even necessarily a poly community. Maybe it's people who feel like they're dabbling in the poly community, um, where it's like, well, I I can do all of this and I can do my own thing, but you can't, you know, because you're the woman, and I don't I don't trust you, and you you have the capacity to carry more disease than me, and I'm like, who said who said <laughs> who? Because that is not scientifically sound. And that is some BS and it sounds like you got some jealousy issues, but you still want to run around and stick your pee pee in things. So yeah.
0: <laughs> that part. Yeah. So I, I'm,
1: I'm
0: <laughs> <ew>. <laughs> 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 But where did the concept of like je- not the concept, but where did like such jealousy come from then? Because I know that's really real for a lot of people, but is it like something we were taught or is that? Actually, in us, you know,
1: I think it like comes why do people mis- get jealous? I think it's this misconception that you can own something, you can own somebody. The you idea
2: can- of ownership, mm-hmm. um, the idea that a little jealousy is cute—that they love you, mm.
1: that it's yeah. affirming. Like, <laughs> I want my man to be jealous because if he's not, he doesn't really give a shit about me. That is not true. That is not true. The most loving relationships I've been in, my man is not jealous. At all mm-hmm. he trusts me, and that's sexy. Yeah, exactly. trust is yeah. sexy,
2: yeah, oh, like, but yeah, I think you know monogamy works for some people. I don't knock it for who it works for, but <clears throat> I don't like to be knocked because I'm not monogamous, okay, I don't really care, but you know if I'm just like people who decide that they want to stay in religion, if that's what's working for you, by all means continue. My issue arises when I see people, obviously riding the struggle bus,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you know, um, like in my denomination, they have a, well, my former denomination, they have a segment of service called a uh, testimonies service, where you stand up and you tell the goodness of the Lord or whatever. Yeah, give your testimony, and down through the years, y'all, I heard so many people say that they just thank God they didn't wake up in hell because they always feel like they were just a breath away. Like they were, it's a pins and needle eggshell kind of existence. Who wants to do that?
1: That's horrible.
2: You know, they will just, you know, I I just thank God I'm not in hell because I always feel like I'm half a breath. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to stay with the Lord.
1: That is some serious trauma right there.
2: It is very traumatizing and that's traumatizing you don't know how traumatizing it is, and exhausting it truly truly is until you step away from it, like you can feel the exo- the exhaustion trying to live up to all those standards, but when you are out of it and look back, it's just like you just get tired, just thinking about it, like I was tired, y'all when I left the denomination, like physically tired, I slept a lot. It's like my body needed to heal through rest yeah. because for you know, over a decade, I was always just like on high alert. Right. That is a a physician would tell you that's not good on your nervous system.
1: Yeah. No. That's a, you're to in be a fight on or a flight high alert like that all the time. You're
2: on mm-hmm. high alert, trying to avoid hell.
1: Right. You're in like a fight or flight state at all times. That can time. um, that'll decrease your life expectancy. That will cause you to have like you know you can give yourself a heart attack if you're too stressed out. You know, heart attack, mm-hmm. obesity. Um, you know all sorts of different ailments and chronic depression. chronic illnesses, depression, anxiety. But then
2: all those things happen to you because you of the pressure and stress you're under. But they'll tell you at church, oh, it's just the spirit of spirit of depression. It's the spirit
1: of whatever. Mm-hmm. You need to give it to the Lord. to surrender it. You'll be healed. It to the altar. <laughs> oh, you need prayer. prayer. And so you're in the prayer
2: every week. Like, <laughs> I can't get delivered. Please deliver me this week. <laughs> yeah. No, you need to get out. Right. Run Right. start over, mm. which is a scary thing. People are scared to start over because it's the unknown.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Asude, how can people find you to work with you if they feel like you could help them on their journey?
2: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram in the
1: DMs
2: <laughs> <laughs> at Get Your Bliss. Okay,
1: can we will you spell put- that?
2: G E T C H O B L I S S. Get Your Bliss instead of Get Your Get You. <laughs> <laughs> and um, on Facebook, uh, just my name, Yessiree. Y-e-s-i-d-e a Davis.
1: Great. Thank you in so my much. My Facebook
2: group Best women only, and I have a link for that. It's join getchope list today.
1: Women only. <laughs> <laughs> Men, you do not want to be in that group anyway. I'll be completely honest. We, we have a fun time. Rachel, you should join the group. I'll add you. <laughs> okay. It's a little it's a little out there, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, this is your sign that it's time to start, you know, stop just dabbling and jump in. It's hard. It's really difficult sometimes, but, you know, that we're same here.
2: Energy that I always tell people that same energy that you put into living for God the way that God was presented to you in religion, put that same energy into living for
0: mm-hmm. you. Amen.
1: <laughs> so true.
0: <You> know. <laughs> Um, so if you want to send in your stories, uh, or if you would, uh, like to be on the podcast, you can email us at cheers to leaving at gmail.com. Thank you so much for being with us today. This was a really good conversation. I hope a lot of people, you know, can take away some really good stuff. And I hope you get a lot of, a lot of people coming to you for their healing as well. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm you gonna get your are, DMs. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Slide into her DMs on get your bliss. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, guys, add Thank yourself you to the. F- add oh, yourself yeah, the to the Facebook, Facebook
1: group. group. Um, Follow us on Instagram. Cheers to leaving. Um, and please, please, please rate and review our podcast. You can do this now on Spotify. It's super duper easy to do. Just hit the five stars and um Apple Podcasts. Just, yeah, just five it's stars. Really not hard. And then um Apple <laughs> Podcasts too. And if you're not gonna give us five stars because you don't like the podcast, just don't even leave a review. Yeah. Like it's fine. We don't care. Just so, but if you're gonna if you're gonna leave a review away. though, it needs to be a five-star review. Okay. Okay. We wanna <laughs> get up there in the Apple Podcast. Like we're ready. We're ready. Right, Rachel? Are we ready? We're doing a photo shoot in two weeks. Oh, I was yeah, born ready. Ready. <laughs>
0: we're ready. I feel like such a YouTuber. Like and subscribe. Thank you. Please y'all.
1: like and subscribe. <laughs> Click the link down below. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Five stars is pleasure.
1: Yes. yes. Five Jinx. stars is pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Yaside. You have a wonderful night. Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening to Cheers to Leaving. Please find me on Instagram and Twitter at Cheers to Leaving. If you would like to send me a DM and give me any sort of ideas for upcoming episodes, I would love to hear from you. If you are interested in coming on the podcast to share your story, I would also love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening and supporting this podcast. It truly means so much to me. And I'll see you next time.